Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Ask them a good question. Are you ready for a shift? You don't look like you're ready. Look at another neighbor. If your neighbor doesn't look ready, look at another one and say, Are you ready for a shift? Hallelujah. If you're driving on the road and you're listening in, just ask yourself, Hallelujah. And say, I am ready for a shift. Come on, get an answer. Get an answer. Get an answer from someone beside you. I'm ready for a shift. Now you see, God is the one who orchestrates seasons. I'm sounding like the voice of God. God is the one who orchestrates seasons. He manifests at certain times. Now that's why we sing this song. You've got time and seasons in your hands. It's in his hands. He's in control. He's in charge. It's as though he's a puppet master pulling the strings behind the scene. Making moves. Making strategic moves. You know, I can just sometimes, I can just imagine in heaven what is happening in heaven. We're going to read a scripture and I can just imagine what God is doing. You know, God is too wise. He's too wise. He's just, oh, hallelujah. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20. You know, Daniel had encountered, he had gone to school, he had gone to Polytechnic of Nebuchadnezzar, P-O-N. And he had been there for three years, I believe. Um, I have to confirm what Daniel chapter 1 says. And then they were in school, and then they had gone through the motions in chapter 4. The Bible says that they, he asked them to bring up the king's breed, children in whom there was no blemish, who were skillful in wisdom, not cunning in knowledge and understanding science, that they may teach the knowledge of the Chaldeans. Verse 8, the Bible says that Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's food. And in verse um, 17, the Bible says that, and God, uh, for these four children who were with Daniel's crew, hallelujah, the Bible says God gave, them no, God gave them knowledge and skill in all wisdom and learning. And in chapter 20, we see a, a very important verse there. He says, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king tested them. In, in other words, they had an interview with the king. The king took them on a roll. And then he gave, he asked them certain questions. He said, in all manners of wisdom and understanding, in which the king tested them, the king found them ten times better than all of them. How can you be ten times better than somebody else? It's either those guys must have been really unsmart, for lack of a more sane word. Hallelujah. Or you were just divinely helped. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I'm helped. I can't hear you say, I'm helped. They were just helped because according to verse 17, Bible says, and God gave them knowledge and skill. He gave them. He, they had it. And Daniel had understanding of visions and dreams. Hallelujah. But then in chapter 2, we see a scenario or a situation where Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And then God showed up to Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king who had no God. And God showed up to him and gave him a dream. You see, those dreams, if God gives a king a dream, that is what changes times and seasons. If God gives him a guy that is just entering boss and just living his life a dream, there's hardly any, you know, any impact except for maybe his life. And then after a while, it gets, it gets to, uh, to have impact on the world. But, but he gave a king a dream. Let's read Daniel chapter, one, chapter 2, rather, verse 20. And then he had a dream and then he did not remember. And then he said, all the guys that are magicians and all the McKinsey's and... Ernst and Young, come and tell me my dream or else I kill you. And then he came to Daniel and Daniel told the guy to calm down. Just give me a few days. There's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Verse 20, can we read together? It says, and Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. Next verse. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. Verse 23, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, 
who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. The focus here is on the very first, the second verse. It says God is the one who is in charge of times and seasons. God is the one in charge. Sometimes I try to imagine, is it, that there's a, is it like there's a chessboard in heaven? And it's just determining that, okay, Donald Trump, you're going to be president for four years. And on the fourth year, you're going to be taken out. And Brother Joe is going to come in and be president. For another period, I don't know, I'm not a no, I'm a prophet. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not the prophet of the United States. Maybe I will. Who knows? Anyway, and then Joe Biden is going to be president. And you know, is it, is it like he's just moving, making moves? Okay, during this man's time, certain things are going to happen. And then as a result of those things that are going to happen, a tangent will now form for, this, for the body of Christ as a result of this. And then a tangent will now form for the devil. And the devil is trying to play catch up. Hallelujah. He doesn't know exactly what God is doing, but he's just running helter-skelter because he doesn't know anything better. Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. Trying to catch up with God. He can never catch up with God. God is far ahead. Hallelujah. But not only does God control the times and seasons, he reveals these times and seasons like he did to Nebuchadnezzar. He did to Nebuchadnezzar and he gave him what was going to happen for the next four world powers. Talked about the gold, which was uh, the kingdom of Babylon. Talked about the silver, which was the Medo-Persian. Talked about the bronze, which was the Greek empire led by Alexander the Great. And they talked about the iron feet, iron legs, which was the Roman empire that had this stretch and match with their army all around the world. And then you had the iron and the clay. And he said, in that time, a mountain will be hewn. A mountain that was not hewn by a man, but from heaven was going to come and brought down that whole image to come and say, and that mountain was going to be the biggest mountain ever. God was the one. He not just controlled the seasons. He orchestrates them. In the new, there's a season that is upon us. Oh, hallelujah. There's a season that is upon us. There is a shift that is about to occur in this church. And it is right here. In fact, if you can reach out in your faith, it can begin for you now. Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 66, he said, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. He said, will I bring to the point of bringing forth and I will not allow you to give birth to the baby? God cannot bring us after these many, many days of spending time to pray for 24 hours over and over again, the whole church, and he will not bring us to the point where this new season is birthed. Look at me, the new, wherever it is that you are listening from, whether you are in this auditorium or you are looking, you're watching me online or you are listening to me. We are at the crux of a new season and the new. A shift is about to occur. Tell someone beside you a shift is about to occur. A shift is about to occur. And how do I know? It has been prophesied in scripture. How do I know? I trust the prophet that God has sent to us. Put up that flyer again. Behold a shift. Behold a shift. Like I said on Sunday, a shift can mean several things to you personally. But we must go beyond what is personal and begin to look at God's divine agenda. If you see what was God, what was revealed by to Daniel or to Daniel, yes, in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, it was not Daniel's personal agenda. God was about to change the season of the earth, and it was it was it was prophesying what was going to happen for the next 400 years. The next season of the earth, the people that were going to be number one and world powers. He was he was God is about his own agenda. God is about what is what he said. Now with him, then your rising is sure then your rising is sure. Then your rising is sure. Let's see a, a nation that experienced a shift. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 to 10. This shift is not just for you personally, but for, it's for this church. This church is about to experience a shift. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. Here Israel was as he prophesied to Abraham. God had prophesied to Abraham. He said, your descendants shall surely be in a strange land for a period of 400 years. But I'm going to bring them out with a mighty hand. 
what that means was that as long as Egypt was friendly to Israel, as long as Egypt was friendly, was friendly to Israel, that prophecy could not be fulfilled. Because what was the purpose of bringing them out with a mighty hand if they, if they were friends? I mean, if I'm, I go to my friend's house, I'm not in bondage. All I do is I just leave. I just leave the house and I go back home. But they were in Egypt and they were, they were in bondage after a while. The Bible says that there was a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph and he put the Israelites in bondage. He put them in bondage. But then what, this is what God prophesied here. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land. Come on, say a good land. I can't hear you. Come on, say a good land. And a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Does that look like a shift? 400 years they had been in a place. All they had known, generation after generation, all they had known season after season was to be talked at, spoken to, and being instructed and told what to do. And said you cannot go beyond this. And said you cannot get married on time. And said you cannot get it. That kind of job is not, does not belong to you. And I said that no, you know, you, you, can't, you can't prosper that much. 100,000, 150,000 is enough for you. You can manage. You know, it's, it's okay for you. And told you you cannot walk in expanse of land. And told you you cannot dominate in that field. He has told you that you are limited and capped. But then here was God speaking to Moses. He said, go, go therefore, come now therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Listen, Egypt represents the control and the dominion of the devil. Where the devil had put a cap on, the, on, on top of people and said that they cannot go beyond a certain level because they wanted to continue to be in charge. But guess what? We are being brought out in this church in the name of Jesus. We are not a capped church. We are not a limited church. You are not a limited member of this church you're not capped every single thing that god has put on your inside come and put your hands on your on your belly i say everything that god has put on my inside i am not going to go to bed i'm not going to go to waste with it i will express it in the name of jesus the shift was for the whole nation it was not just for one person the shift was not just for Moses. It was not just for the Levites. It was not just for one tribe. It was for the whole nation. I announce to you today, this shift is not just for one person. It is for all of us as a, as a church. Hallelujah. This church is about to shift. To shift. To shift. And I hope by God's help that I can paint this picture to, for you this evening. Paint this picture. Paint this picture. But, what, but for what God does for one, he does for all. That means that for a church to shift, that means individuals must shift. Something must happen for you. Something must happen for me. Something must happen for each and every one of us. Bible says he brought them out with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble amongst them. That means that it was not just a few people that were strong and the others were weak. No, it was all of them that experienced the strength of God. All of them experienced the might of God. All of them experienced the wisdom of God. So how do we set ourselves in position for a shift? Let's look into God's word. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to do some Bible study this evening. Ask somebody beside you, when last did you study God's word? Get an answer, get an answer, get an answer. I didn't say toast the babe, I said get an answer, get an answer. Get an answer, get an answer. When last did you study God's word? When last did you let God's word renew your mind? You know, I heard a phrase yesterday, yesterday afternoon. He said, you read the word until he speaks to you. Did you get that? He said, you read the word until he speaks to you. So as you are reading the book of Acts, and you are reading the book of Romans, 
and you're reading the book of first corinthians you're reading the book of ephesians you are you're not just reading and and you pray unto the lord Jesus christ the father of glory that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of you that he, you know you're not just reading that what you are hearing is laddie i can give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know me there is a knowledge that i can unveil to you that no man can give come 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 let me show you come 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 let me show you more come 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 let me show you deeper things let's go into god's word there was a woman that was spoken of in the book of mark chapter 5. in mark chapter 5 her story was dire her story was terrible shape mark chapter 5 and verse 21 let's read god's word and study together this evening mark chapter 5 Let's give a bit of background. Chapter 4, Jesus had spoken about several things. He had give, told them about the parable of the sower and how that there are different states on the hearts of men. He had talked about how, you know, the sower sows the word, that the word that the sower speaks, as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm speaking God's word. I'm sowing words into your heart. I'm sowing words into your spirit. He said, my heart is indicting a good matter. My tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. As I speak, I'm writing things on the tablets of your heart. As I speak, I'm writing things on your heart by the anointing of God. I'm speaking things into your spirit. That is why it is important that you mind who you subject yourself to. It is, mind, it is it's important that you mind who you are giving your ears to. Because there are three gates to your heart. There's your eye gate, there's your ear gate, and there's your mouth gate. Nothing can enter your heart unless it goes through your eyes it goes through your ears and it goes through your, or it comes out of your mouth but jesus was telling them he said it is not what goes into a man that defiles him he said it is what goes out of a man that defiles him that means that what configures and changes the state of a man's life is not what he, what he has eaten it is not food that defiles you it is what you say that is why you are snared by your words when men, men are saying there's a casting down and you join them to say there's a casting down you are keeping the devil place to come and cast you down what do you do when you stand in faith when men say there's a casting down what do you say there's a lifting up lift up lift up lift him up it's okay hallelujah mark chapter 5 and verse 21 he had told them about the parable he saw the source sows the word and he said those that they fall by the wayside that those and then the birds of the air came to eat the devil came and just stole the word from them how does he steal the word from you if you don't go back it is stolen from you you don't go back to listen it is stolen from you if you don't go back to study it is stolen from you because you're gonna forget god opens your eyes and gives you instructions you don't write them down it has been stolen from you and then he gave us another scenario. He said, those that there are some that are sown on stony ground because they don't have any roots. As soon as the sun came up, what happened? The, 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 the plant could not produce. What is, what, that scenario is simply with those that don't go deep. He said, because they don't have any depth in there. Mark chapter 4 and then he gave us another scenario he said there was one that was sold amongst thorns and then the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches or the thoughts that money can buy everything that's what deceitfulness of riches is i don't need anything just give me money and i can get everything no you need the favor of god hallelujah you need the blessings of god and you need life of god can money buy you healing from coronavirus can it put you in front of the queue for the vaccine <laughs> oh hallelujah and they lost after other things. They come and choke the word and it cannot produce. And then in Mark chapter 5, after somebody had heard this thing, then she decided to take that word and do something about it. Let's go Mark chapter 5 verse 21. And then after that, he went to the uh, madman of Gadara and he went to go and cast out the demons. And then he came back. Verse 21 says, And Jesus was passed over again by sheep unto the other side. And much people gathered unto him. And he was at the sea. I like that word he was at the sea many people came to him and he stood there at the sea and he was doing what he could do no he was teaching them the word but then something happened verse 22 and said verse 22 says and behold there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue Jairus by name and when he saw him he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying my little daughter lies at the point of death I pray thee come lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live does that sound like words of faith does that sound like somebody that wanted a shift does that sound like somebody that wanted a new season 
He was tired of seeing his daughter sick. He was tired of seeing her with high fever probably. He was tired of whatever it is that was wrong with her. And he came to the solution and the person who could change times and seasons. Let's go on. And Bible says, and Jesus went with him. Let's pause there. Let's think about that scripture. He said multitudes came to him. And then one person out of that multitude also came to him. And that one person directed the path of Jesus away from the multitude to his own issue. Listen, God's power can be present here on Sunday. And only one person that just knows how to channel his faith. He, he declared it. He said, come, lay your hands on her and she shall be healed and she shall live. It's your choice. I remember the story of the man. Jesus was in a house and he was teaching them. Bible says, and the power of God was present to heal. And yet all of them were just looking. I can just imagine the old man, the Pharisee who was there, who probably had issues with his, with his leg. I can imagine a Pharisee who was there, who probably had issues with his right hand. I can imagine a Pharisee that was there, who probably had issues with his ankle. He had, maybe he had arthritis. But then they were, not, they, they were just listening to him. They were just looking at him, just staring at him. And then some people decided to go through the roof because there was no space. And then Jesus, Bible says, and Jesus saw their faith. All they did was open a channel for faith. To, listen, faith is like a suction. You create something, you create a vacuum, and faith draws on the power of God. You create something and it just makes a withdrawal. It's only faith that makes a withdrawal on the power of God. We can come here and shout and scream and you know, but it is your faith that makes a withdrawal. All they did was open the roof and there was a withdrawal of the power of God. Whatever it is that can, that's the hell holding you down, all you need is to just make a withdrawal on the power of God. Jairus did what? He made a withdrawal on the power of God. He made a withdrawal. He presented his case. And Bible says, and Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. The same people that were there just staring at him. All they were doing was just to follow. But guess what? One person made a step of faith. Let's go on. It says, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. And has suffered many things of many physicians. She has spent all she had. And was nothing better. Another translation said she was nothing helped. She did not have help. But rather grew worse. This woman had lost a lot of things. Number one, she has lost time. She has lost 12 years. Do you know what 12 years is? 12 years is three regimes of PDP. <laughs> I know what can happen in three regimes of a particular government. She lost 12 years. 12 365 days times 12 battling an issue it started with a sickness you know the devil says that the devil comes nothing but to steal to kill and to destroy the devil stole her health she was battling an issue of blood a hemorrhage she had suffered Bible says she has suffered ah do not it means to suffer ah you know your English doesn't make it sound well not she don't suffer. She had lost her money. She said, Bible says she spent all that she had. She spent her savings. She had to sell her gold. She had to sell her diamonds. She probably had to sell a house. Probably had to sell a car just because of one issue. Trying to nurse one issue. Trying to nurse just one issue. She had lost everything. And guess what? She only grew worse. She was on the way to death. She was on the way to die. Everything was about to end for her. But then she decided, let's go on, let's see, let's see this. And then when she heard of Jesus, I like the scripture, the, the translation that says she heard reports of Jesus. And we know what Bible says, whose report will you believe? Whose report are you going to believe? And then we see Bible saying that who, she heard reports of Jesus. And when I hear reports, I think of an annual report of an organization where they talk about the things that the organization did during that year, how much revenue they made, how much money they made, and how much cost they incurred. Did they finish with a profit or a loss? How much are they going to give their shareholders at the end of the day? What are they going to do? 
she went through the reports of Jesus. What kind of reports? She probably heard of the man whose, hands was, whose hand was withered. And on the Sabbath day, Jesus healed him. You know, a withered hand looks like a man that cannot do anything. A withered hand looks like it's, it's uh, a, hand, a hand that is paralyzed, for lack of a better word. Paralyzed. A man that is paralyzed, he can't feed, for, feed, feed his family. He can't lift a shovel. He can't plant. He can't reap. He can't walk as a fisherman. He can't sow. He can't reap. He can't be of service. He can't walk in a bakery. He can't do anything. He can't even sign checks. But Jesus healed him. And then she heard that. And then she decided to hear that. She probably heard of the marriage at Canaan. How there was a shortage. And Jesus showed up on the scene. And what did he do? He made provision. She heard reports about how there was a man that was blind. She probably heard reports of blind Bartimaeus and how he had cried, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he told him, keep quiet. And he cried out the more and took away. And then Jesus said, bring him to me. And he cast away his garment. She heard reports. She decided to read the reports. She decided to underline, eh? He was blind. Me, all I have is blood. This one is blind. I think he should be able to do something. Yes, go on. And she heard the post of Jesus. And she came in the press behind and touched his garments. She acted on her faith. Let's look at the next verse. It said, for she said. I like the transition that said, for she continuously said to herself. That means she not only read that report, she meditated on it. She kept it at the forefront of her mind. If something is going to change in my life, if I'm going to experience a shift in my academics, if I'm going to experience a shift in my job, I have turmoil right now in my family. I have turmoil right now in my health. If I'm going to experience a shift, I'm going to have to discard what I've heard for the past 12 years and I'm going to focus on this report. And focus on it and look at it. She said, Bible says she continuously said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I don't need him to speak over me. I don't need him to lay hands on me. I don't need him to do anything. Just me going there to make a withdrawal. Look at what she said. She said, I shall be whole. But if you think about it, she had an issue of blood, but she said, I shall be whole. The next verse explains it. Or the next set of verses. Bible says, and straightway the fountain of blood was dried up. It was a fountain it was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him he turned him about in the press and said who touched me listen she was healed already why did Jesus have to turn why she was healed already why did he have to turn it was because her confession was not complete remember we counted the number of things she lost she lost time she lost her money. She lost help. She lost blood. She lost her health. It was not enough for the fountain of blood to be completed. Jesus had to fulfill all her expectations. She said, I will be made whole. That means her money had to be restored. That means her health had to be restored. That means everything she loved has to be restored. In a shift, it's a total package. It's not just one part. Hallelujah. In a shift, it's a total package. God is going to complete everything that he wants to do. He's going to complete it. I shall be made whole. One part had been solved, which was the source of everything. Now you can say, okay, at least your blood has stopped. You can go back to work now. You can make your money. Uh -uh. It's not Jesus. Hallelujah. Who touched me? And the disciples answered and said, you see a multitude thronging thee and saying, and you are saying, who touched thee? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what she has done, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She told him about Dr. One, who instead of treating her, just swindled her of the, of the last money that she had. The money that she wanted to use to send her, school to, her son to school in Yankee. He was supposed to go and do medicine in John Hopkins University. And then because she had this issue of blood, the last card she gave him, she told him that story. She told him how she had to sell her house. She told him how she had, she had lost her husband. She told him, oh! And then Jesus knew that I had to complete the package because what she asked for was not that she would be healed she, what she asked for was that I will be made whole made whole everything that was missing everything that was taken will be restored and Jesus said unto her daughter thy faith had made thee 
whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. What that means is that everything that this situation has cost you, everything that this situation has taken from you everything that this situation sleep even sleepless nights whatever it is peace of mind he's saying that i've restored you back to wholeness i've restored your package to you you may have been broke but i call you wealthy you may have been sick but i call you healed you may have lost your friends but your friends will gather back just like job hallelujah she experienced a shift she experienced a shift there were many of them that were touching him. Many people touching him. I can imagine with some little boys, don't you? Ah, just, you know how some boys can do it. <laughs> touching him. Have you touched Jesus? Me too, I've touched him. I'm not going to wash that hand like they did from Michael Jackson. I won't wash it for two years. Oh, Lord. But then this one, what did she do? She made a withdrawal. She made a withdrawal. She made a withdrawal she continuously said in herself if i can just touch the hem of his garment i will be made whole hallelujah how do people experience a shift jesus god appeared to moses and gave him a word bible says in the book of psalm 105 and verse 107 verse 20 he says he sent his word and it delivered them shift come on say shift he sent his word and it delivered them. Come on, say shift. He moved them from where they were to where they ought to be by his word. By his word, by a word. He just spoke the word. So on Sunday when you come, you have to come expectant for a word. Come on, say a word. A word. You must come expectant with a word. To hear a word that is for this season. There are several things that a shift can represent for you. There are several things that a shift can, can be manifested for you, but you must hear a word that you can, that you can hold on to. A shift. A shift. A shift. A shift. How else? Let's, let's read the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1 says, And God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, or in different seasons and in different ways in different seasons and in different ways god has spoken in time past unto the fathers by the prophets god releases a word by his prophet in different seasons in our lives the word of god must come to you in different seasons in your life god has sundry times or in different seasons and in diverse manners in different ways you need a word in season guys a word in season realigns you you may be focusing on something else that is out of season. Don't be like that fig tree that Jesus had to respond to. A word in season. There is a word in season. There is a word in season. And this word is a shift. This church and you indeed as you are part of this church, you are about to move. You are about to experience a shift. A shift, shift. I'm so expectant. I'm so expectant. I just have this restlessness inside of me. Enough of where we are at. Enough of what I've seen. Enough of the level I've operated at. There is more. There is more. There is more. Enough of this, this mountain that we have circled. Enough of this thing that we have, this level of expression. There is more. There is more. There is more. I am ready for a shift. I am ready for a shift. I'm ready for a shift. And I hope that you are ready for a shift enough of what we've seen enough of this mountain enough of this background enough of this level no more it is time for a shift hallelujah he had in his last day spoken unto us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world and being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by me support that sins we now sat down on the right hand of majesty up on high we are going to receive a word from his prophet for our season. I'm reminded of Elisha. There was famine in the land. And then he came up and he said, he did not say that I was going to provide the food. He did not say I was going to provide the industries. He did not say I was going to provide the machinery. He just said, thus said the Lord, by this time tomorrow, a barrel of wheel of meat of wheat will be so and so priced and a cruise of oil will be so and so priced inflation was going to crash to one percent or zero percent or things were going to work out 
and then one man came with his calculated man bible says that he was the man on whom the king leaned that means that for the king to make any decision the king was going to discuss with him he was the coordinating minister of the economy ceo emmy <laughs> he was the coordinating minister he was the one in charge of everything because he could not capture the shift he now uttered the wrong words against the word of prophecy listen you utter whatever is against the word of prophecy it can crush you it can cost you big casualty what do you do you align come on say i align i can't hear you say i align i align with the word of prophecy you align with what god is doing in this season god should not be planting churches and you you are here doing something else why if you are out of alignment your provision is out god only supplies and provides for his own vision hallelujah a word and then a man on whom the king leaned he said that ah, even if god will open the windows of heaven how can these things be instead of you to just take it and say ah amen that was the difference between our uh, mary and zachariah in mary's case she said how shall these things be the spirit of the lord will come upon you and the power of the most High will overshadow you and that will be born of you will be called the son of god zachariah the angel came and said your prayers have been answered your wife will give birth and shall have a son i say how can this happen you are the one that was praying for a child how can you be saying how can you be asking how it's going to happen do you see the difference his prayer was now he was praying for something the answer came he spoke against it he said you close his close his mouth so align align be it unto me according to your word so when the word is coming on sunday when pastor stands up to teach and to declare a word a prophetic word what do you do you align come on say align how do you align you align with your words you say i take it listen folks your life is actually very easy life in this in this kingdom is very easy your provision is sure your father has made provision he had he knows that you have need of everything he gives you his life he gives you his anointing he gives you his strength he gives you everything and then here you are all his faith all he's asking for you is to respond by faith all he's asking for is for you to take the word of faith and meditate upon it and meditate upon the word of the shift listen the, the reason why god wants to shift you is not for you alone it's not for you alone if you look at the book of acts every so many times when when paul will minister to one person you now hear that him and his household when peter went to um cornelius house what happened cornelius brought his whole household it wasn't just him the angel appeared to cornelius but all his whole household received the baptism of the holy ghost it wasn't just him it's not just for you this shift is not just for you there's a lot there's so many lives that are linked to you folks God wants to shift you because he wants to shift a whole generation. God wants to shift you because he wants to shift a whole family. God wants to shift you because he wants to start a bloodline again. That is why God wants to shift you. God wants to shift you in your finances. God wants to shift you in your relationship with him. Deep has been calling to deep. My son, wake up and pray. wake up and pray spend time with me i am the god who reveals secrets you are struggling in your strength when i have the answers and the template right in my hand by covenant i owe you the blood of jesus has paid the price and opened the pathway here you are struggling in your strength come to me god wants to shift you in your relationship with him and your desire and your heart for him God wants to awaken in you again and he's saying my son don't don't stop running around like a headless chicken come to your father God is right there like the father of the prodigal son waiting waiting for you to come back home waiting for you to come and bow to him again waiting for you to come and surrender to him again waiting for him to awaken the giant within you waiting 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 for you you know we can see a shift in so many things but the greatest shift really is in your relationship with the father the greatest shift is an understanding for his plans and his purpose for your life the greatest shift is enrolling in the things that he's doing in this season that is the greatest shift all these other things there are there are additions there are additions there are things that are supposed to be added there are things that are supposed to be put as part of the package you see when they get an employment letter there's the main thing and then there are other there are things they call benefits 
benefits will give you a house will give you a car will give you a wife it's not every organization <laughs> will give you this and that will do this all those are fringe benefits there's the main thing there's the cocoa and guess what god is wants to show you the real thing come to him come to him he says draw near oh draw near to god and he will draw near to you. He's not as though God was far before. As you draw near, you feel more of him. As you draw near, you take that other step, you feel more of him. You know him more, you know him better. Your heart becomes tender for his things. Your heart becomes tender. By the time you're looking at your colleague at work, who is that Muslim? You don't see him as that guy that is just harsh and brash anymore. Bible says, therefore know we no man after the flesh. As you're looking at him, you're scanning him. Man, this guy is actually going to hell. What can I do, Father? How can I intercede and stand on his behalf and stand in the gap? What can I do, Father? This guy is not born again. What is going to happen? Your heart is yearning for him. And so my heart is with you. Bible says he has committed to our trust the ministry of reconciliation. Shouting that God God is not counting our sins against us anymore. Come home. That's what happens when you begin to yearn for the Father and the things that matter to Him. So shift. Shift. Your shift must begin in the secret place. Your shift must begin in the secret place. Your shift must begin in the secret place. There's absolutely nothing that is impossible to him that believes. But your faith is as a result of the words that he speaks to your ears. Bible says faith cometh by hearing. You read this word until you hear him speak and it shows you, my son, as I blessed Isaac, so in this land. Do that business. As I bless Isaac, I will bless you. I will increase you. I will multiply you exceedingly. I will make your name great. When he begins to tell you things that align with his word and then based on that you walk, I can imagine that woman reading the reports. Bible says she heard reports of Jesus and she played it in her mind. I say, He can heal me. He can make me whole. He can heal me. He can shift me out of this situation. He can shift me out. He can unleash me. He can set me free. He can lose the bands. He can shift me. Shift me out. Shift me out. I can imagine her hearing God say, Come. Come. Come deeper. Come deeper. It's time for your setting free. It's time for your setting free. Hallelujah. Anybody blessed this evening? Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to spend just a few minutes to pray. Two scriptures. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. One of the things that we're going to expect is more grace, fresh fire, fresh grace upon this church. You can never ask for fresh grace too much. <laughs> you can never ask for fresh grace too much. Zechariah 10 and verse 1, it says, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time, the season of the latter rain. Or ask God for a shift in your season. When it is time for that season to be shifted. And the Lord will make, all you are doing is doing is to what? Is to ask. And Bible says, and the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain. And to everyone, grass in the field. Wherever it is that you are right now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then I want us to begin to pray. And say, Father, I want fresh fire. Father, I want fresh fire. Father, I want fresh grace. Uh, Father, I want a fresh anointing upon me in my life and upon us as a church. Upon us in the new. Help us to reach more people. Help us to impact more people. Help us to, to get a better sense of your plans and your purpose and your will for our lives. Help us to get into a better view of your plans and your will and your purpose for our lives. Help us to reach more. Help us to stretch. Help us to stretch from the right and to the left. Help 
supposed to lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes. This is our prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you can, lift your voice this evening and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't want you staying around. I don't want you to just look around. But I want you to plug in this evening. Because the shift has begun now. The shift has begun now. The shift has become now. It has actually started. The shift starts in your mind. That woman was confessing to herself. She was saying, if I can touch, I will be healed. If I can pray, I will be shifted. If I can touch, I will be healed. As I pray this evening, I experience a shift. I am moved, oh God. Come on, go ahead and pray, pray, pray. Fresh fire upon us in the new. Fresh fire in the name of Jesus. Fresh fire. Fresh fire in the new. Fresh fire in our church. Fresh fire to do what you have called us to do. Fresh fire to reach who you have called us to reach. Fresh fire to impact those who you have called us to impact. This is our prayer, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Fresh fire on my prayer altar. Let me see you. Let me know you. Let me reach you. Let me align with your plan. Help me align with what you are doing in this season. Come on, wherever you are, come on, pray, 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 pray. Lift your voice this evening and pray in the Holy Ghost. Freshness, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh grace to reach. Help us to stretch from the right and to the left. In the name of Jesus, now put your hands on your belly. Come on, say in the name of Jesus, every gifting that God has put on my inside, stand up now in the name of Jesus. Come alive now in the name of Jesus. Every gifting for my generation that God has put on my inside, I will not die with them. They are stand up now in the name of Jesus. I align with the plan of God. I align with the purpose of God. I align with the will of God for this season. I stir it up, I stir it up, I stir it up, now in the name of Jesus, I stir it up, now, now, now in the name of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To bind up the brokenhearted. I pray for every heart that has been shattered by the expectations of men. I pray you find your healing in the presence of the Father. 
oh he disappointed you oh she disappointed you oh you thought he was this oh you thought she was this holy spirit of god we ask that you bind up those hearts help them see a future that you have created for them you help the woman with the issue of blood to see herself whole again open our eyes open their eyes open their eyes heal our hearts and open our eyes help us see wholeness again wholeness to bind up the broken heart that is our prayer this evening it's our prayer father thank you god thank you god thank you father oh we give you thanks oh god thank you father thank you father thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord can we pray in the spirit for a few minutes? Come on, jump in, jump in, jump in. Come on, jump in, jump in. There is a flow. He says, out of your belly will flow, flow, flow. Rivers, rivers, flow. And in that day shall the burden be taken from off your shoulder and the yoke from off your neck. I speak to every burden. I speak to every yoke. Be addressed by the anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, the anointed one. I speak to you today. Cease to exist. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. Oh, the yoke is over. <laughs> come on if you can come on give Jesus a shout 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 in this place shout shout I'm free I'm free I'm free the yoke is up the yoke is taken away I'm free 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 oh I'm free pause, pause, pause. some of us are waiting to feel free to sing free to shout free you don't have to feel it come on say I'm free I'm free I'm free in the name of Jesus, I'm free. I'm free, free, freedom. Free to be what God has called me to be. Irrespective of the darkness that I see, He said the light will shine upon you and His glory will be seen upon you. Light is only relevant in the presence of darkness. Yes, light is relevant in the presence of darkness. That's why I say, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the testing of your faith worketh patience. It works something. And it's working something in me. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, We Father. hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.